You are now listening to the Coast to Coast Podcast with Flex and Dan. Dan. I'm ready to brine ya. Recording this on Friday afternoon after the Suns went 4-0. And we have our second guest, the man that needs no introduction, but I'll still introduce him anyway. Mr. John Bloom. How you doing today, sir? What is happening, Daniel and Flex? Uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to join you guys. I've listened to the first few episodes, uh, and Flex and I go way back. Uh, and I think you and I have known each other probably socially, uh, on social media, rather, uh, longer than anything else. Right, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we got a chance to meet back in, uh, in summer this past year. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good time, man. Very cool uh, chatting it up with you and uh, uh, always good to talk ball, especially with somebody so close to uh, so close to the team, man. So uh, definitely excited to have you on. We do appreciate you coming on. And uh, and yeah, man, it's exciting. Uh, appreciate the support and, and you listening. And, and yeah, man, we're just kind of we're just a couple of rookies here doing our thing and, and, and trying to make a name <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, rookies with knowledge. That's a scary thing to be, you know. Uh, you're, you're bringing in good knowledge base, good passion. Uh, that's what I love. And it's, uh, you know, something that, that's near and dear to me is just, uh, you know, not only uh, getting a chance to hear from Suns fans after the games on the postgame show, now 13 years into doing that, but also interacting with them in whatever way possible, whether it's in person, running into them at the store like I did earlier today, running the groceries for my family and people just coming up and seeing the lid and wanted to talk about it. And, man, I love, I love that that's back and flex. That's something we can bring to you because I know you probably don't get a heck of a lot of that out in Jersey with people talking sons hoops with you on the street. But here, it used to be that way all the time we've had a little bit of a break from that and it's nice that this whole bubble situation has kind of brought it back a little bit here in the valley it's exciting you know i was i was saying that uh we recapped yesterday our our post uh our post game reaction and we we, we kind of hyped that we were going to have you on today so we got a lot of people hitting us up can't wait to hear from bloomer man but um i said that yesterday when when i when we recap and i said you know it feels good to hear john because i can hear it in your voice brother like we, 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 we've been talking for years and, and I can hear that energy and, and it feels good to hear you, you know, the way you're sounding and, and, and have that vibe that you got, man, when we're playing good basketball. Because it's been so long, right? It's been so long since we've been able to put together a four game winning streak and feel this good about the team. So, like I said, you know, knowing you bring it every night, man, you're a you're consummate professional, man. And I love it. I love talking to you every time we do. But it feels good to, to hear you the, the way you've been going the last four, man. It's, it's just a lot of fun, bro. Well, our job is just so much more fun and easier and exciting to do when we've got something fun and exciting to watch like we've had uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. I'm going to include a couple of weeks just because I think the excitement built before they even tipped it up for real when we were cool. talking about this team coming together here at the Madhouse before they went to the bubble. Then the scrimmages, they look great. Almost all three of those games look really good. And then, they, you know, what can you say about the way they played? But uh, as far as my job is, and, and you know, when you're talking about the games, then obviously if the games are good and exciting, oh, it just flips the script. And, uh, you know, I remember doing it and getting it. And it's almost like I took it for granted because I started during the seven seconds or less stage doing this gig. You know, Kay Ray moved to TV. That opened up the radio gig. And I was doing Cardinal stuff. And I was so hungry to do Sun stuff. But I had to wait for an opportunity. And I had been here a few years before one came. And then it did. And, man, I was so jacked to jump on it. And uh, it was almost a competition, actually, at first. Uh, it was two of us going for the gig and they split the season and and so i looked at it as all right here we go i, I mean we never <laughs> on the air you know we don't get to compete very much it's not like the guys who are lacing it up but this was my opportunity so i'm like let's let's do this and uh, put my heart and soul into it 
And at that point, I'm like, all right, now you never know what can happen. Uh, and, and it was, you know, an opportunity to work for a team that I've cheered for since I was 13 years old. So it was a no brainer to try to find a way, but you never know. And, and it had to be an opportunity. And so for that, I thank Kay Ray for moving off the radio dial and, uh, and, and all the people that were involved in, in making the decision, Ryan Hatch being uh, chief among them with, uh, with KTAR back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, now I, I think back to those days, seven seconds or less, man. Every night with Steve Nash, there was something to just ooh and awe over, right? Uh, Flex, you weren't calling in in those days, but uh, we had our staple of callers. Mr. Orange was probably, the, you know, yeah. first in line almost every show. Daniel, I know you know him, too. And, and uh you know, it, it's, it's uh, you yeah, know, Peter, I remember like just guys that have been in, involved the whole time. And I think back to those nights and they were so fun and I'd get home and I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. So I'd stay up and watch highlights. I'd stay up and play video games. I'd hang out for a couple hours and I had little ones at that time. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I remember just getting through these last few years. And, and one of the things that's really gotten me through is this guy, Felix Cruz <laughs> from New Jersey who, you know, when he told our call screener years ago what his name was, and he said, Felix, my guy in the studio wrote up Flex. I called him Flex when I went to him on the air, and he said, all right, he didn't even argue with it. And so it just became his name, and, and here we are, you know, years later. And I keep having people come up to me in the streets going, I love that guy Flex, man. I love when he calls in. That's my favorite part about the drive home from the games. I keep getting that. So, you know, it, it's so cool to see this, like, all transpire, and now there's a platform platform for you to do this more regularly for us to do this more regularly too we don't have to wait for a game to end to, to wrap <laughs> on soups <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry dan go ahead bro. no i was just saying no it's uh it's it's good to see man i i love it i've been listening to flex on the post game for years man and i never thought that this is something that would kind of uh 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 you know, come up and, and, and this opportunity came up and uh, it was really organic how it happened too. We were just, saw, it was that, it was that, uh, that Brett night, uh, Brett side, uh, uh, night when we, uh, uh, we were all on that zoom call yeah. and I was like, yeah, Hey man, I have a podcast. I've recorded one or two episodes and it's kind of lame. Cause I'm just talking to myself and, you know, <laughs> we both wanted to do it and, and, uh, and yeah, it came together well, man. And we love doing it together. Um, I think we have great chemistry, um, and, and, and it works. So I uh, appreciate you listening. And, and I, for one bloomer, uh, I know that people have said this before. I, for one, once, uh, the great Al McCoy decides to hang it up, I think you're going to be the next one to call Phoenix. Absolutely, baby. Absolutely. So, uh, Absolutely. I, I think that's going to be the case. I really hope they make that decision because it'll be the right one. And, uh, and, and I know I can't wait to see it. Hey. You know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing for me because it's obviously something I've wanted more than anything, but at the same time, here I am getting an opportunity to work for, um, with a guy like Al McCoy, who's an absolute legend. And so I've almost taken it as, um, you know, a, a, a blessing for me and almost a mission that every time I go on a podcast around the country, I ask people, do you guys know who Al McCoy is? And they don't. <laughs> They don't know oh, it. And, it's and so it's, like, it's become this thing where I'm like, people need to know this guy has done, done something in broadcasting that is almost unparalleled. Uh, you'd have to really search far and wide. Vin Scully would be the one guy you could maybe put next to him uh, yeah. with regards to longevity in one spot, right? Uh, and that is amazing. And, and when you, maybe the more amazing thing beyond just the 48 years of doing it. And the fact that he's still doing it at a high level at 87 is when you talk to the most ardent of Suns fans and you say, who do you relate to most with this organization or who, who do you think of when you think of the Phoenix Suns? If they don't say Al first, he's definitely in the first three. And I dare, I dare anyone to go talk to an NBA franchise and find out if a radio play-by-play -play guy is in the top five or ten of guys they say, who do you think of most when you think of your franchise? And it is an absolute marvel, and I love talking that, but I also am excited about whatever ne it comes next. Uh, and, and I think it's just a product of, you know, what I've done, which is share my passion with you guys, with, with the rest of Planet Orange. Uh, this is what I love to do. Uh, and getting the reps at the G League level was fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm going to always remember airplane mode in the, in the day with, with the start <laughs> of that whole phenomenon and, and uh, all the other things that we got to do there. Uh, and then getting kind of more of a taste to travel with the team this year was, was fantastic. Because as you know, uh, and as you guys saw, this group was exciting to watch from the jump. 
we all were bought in from the jump. The rest of the world's starting to buy in. That's fine. I'm not mad at them. They can come now. It's, it's better late than never. But we were all in on this team. And I feel like now people are coming up to me and saying, you know what? You were talking about this team like this. You know, this team was going to be really good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was. Uh, I've been but saying I, it, right? You have to, Flex. I know you no, have. No, and I'm saying you. I'm saying you have. Like, you know, you, you, you're telling them. I've been saying it every night on the radio, right? What do you wait? What, you're not listening? Well, but it, we had to see it happen. And we didn't really see it happen in a consistent form uh, at a level where maybe it would really – Get the rest of the world woke, if you will, right? <laughs> About the sun. We didn't see that yet. Now we did. And it's because of the combination of factors uh, that the spotlight has kind of honed in a little bit more because, uh, you know, the bubble and, and anybody who's an NBA fan is tuning into as much of this action as possible, I know. And that's fantastic. Uh, and, and they're taking advantage of this opportunity. Uh, and, and so, you know, now I look at, at just this chance to bond with this group when I had the opportunity. It seemed like years ago, but it was, you know, four months ago, we were in Portland, four and a half, almost five, man, five months, five yeah. months, almost to the day. It's yeah. just, uh, it also seems like it's been years, yeah. but it does. Yeah, it's both. Um, but it, it, what a great group. And it starts at the top. And we, we talked about it a ton on the post game shows and on social media, but uh, Monty Williams can't get enough credit as far as I'm concerned. Correct. 100%. We talk about it all the time, right? And there's people that question the Monty Williams hire. I think they were just trying to outsmart themselves or they were thinking a little too hard uh, of it, right? This is a young team. Um, they need a leader. Uh, they need a leader they could follow. Um, and unfortunately, they haven't had that in the last five years, probably since Jeff Hornacek, and that didn't even work out. Um, but they have Monty Williams now, and he just commands He, he commands the room, man. He commands the attention. Uh, the players bought in day one. Uh, him and Devin Booker seem to have a great relationship. So it, it, it's definitely something that's, uh, that's important for a young team. And I think they finally found that. And, and Flex and I have talked about this uh, uh, you know, quite a bit on the pod. A lot of these games that the Suns are pulling off, they don't win last year. They may not even have won it before the, the restart. Uh, right. You know, I, even that first game against Washington, uh, when they made that run uh, towards the end of the second uh, end of the second quarter, we didn't uh, – even I, I had the, the PTSD, and I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going to lose this game, aren't we? <laughs> and, you know, Monty just rallied the troops, calmed everyone down. Devin Booker did his thing. Uh, you know, Ricky Rubio did his thing. The bench did their thing. And, and you know, that's, that's – it's kind of – it's hard – almost hard to believe that this is what we're seeing. Um, I know myself. I talk to Flex all the time. Like, I got some scars, man. I don't know. Sometimes sometimes it, it's <laughs> difficult to, to, to believe what I'm seeing. And I even I said – we had Espo the other night on, and I told them, I let them know. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for this team to go eight and zero. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> I try, right? I try to, I try to get them to forget some of them scars, man. It's time to move on, man. We, we, <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing about Monty, man, is that, you know, uh, one, he's a leader, man. He this this guy, this guy's a leader of men, and and this team is he's galvanized this basketball team. They believe in him and. The more I see these games play out and the more I look at the tape and the more I look at the way he handles rotations and just players, the way he interacts with the players on the court when they do something wrong, when they do something right, is very Popovich-like. And and they're cut from the same cloth. And there's a reason why Monty was a big hire because anyone from that trajectory, anyone from that Popovich tree, you're getting something that's like, this guy might be the best coach I've ever seen in my life. So... You're getting someone that's cut from that cloth. You know, the, the fact that Monty turned down L.A. to come to Phoenix, people forget that. You know, people forget just a couple of months ago, this man told the L.A. Lakers, no, I don't want to go to L.A. I want to go to Phoenix. Yeah. And I want to go to Phoenix because of that guy named Devin Armani Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges. And so that that right there was step one of gaining the team's trust. People don't look at it. But the minute, if you're Devin Booker from outside looking in and you've never met Monty in your life and you see a guy say, hey, I'm going to pass up LeBron James for you, you right. got to respect that guy, man. You got to respect oh. that guy. It's an automatic bond right out of the gates based on the decision that was made. Uh, 
uh, and the other factors. I agree. And, and, you know, because we're, we're applauding Monty as we are, but then we got to take it one step further and give James Jones some scratch for it because that move is the best one he's made. He hasn't made, uh, you know, a huge long list of moves, but to me, it's going to be hard to top that one for as long as he's the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. Cause I just don't see this Great. team coming together in the fashion that they had under a whole lot of different leaders. I mean, we've already seen a bunch of them come in and out, as you guys mentioned. So uh, now they land on this guy who is just universally approved and um, celebrated for his leadership skills and ability to relate to the players. So to me, it was a perfect match there. But then other things need to happen, right? Uh, You needed to see maturation in your young players, and we have. You needed to see justification for the moves you made on draft night to get Dario Saric into the fold and to take an older draft pick, Cam Johnson, ahead of where he was maybe slotted and be ready to take the bullets that were going to come when you did that. Uh, you needed to, to see all that kind of come to fruition, and I don't know if it really did until this week where people finally have, have understood what James Jones was trying to do on draft yeah. night, which is now, what, over a year ago? That's crazy to say, but it was. Uh, yeah. You know what's interesting, JB? You make a great point is that a lot of times, you know, a lot of these moves and these the way things play out, a lot is very organic, but sometimes it's by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, get lucky. Remember, I can Kelly remember... Kelly Oubre. Yes, sir. Kelly yeah. Oubre was luck, okay? I can remember vividly, if we're going back to the old seven seconds or less time, even before Nash got there, you know, uh, Amari wasn't supposed to be Amari rookie of the year, Amari. He was coming off the bench backing up Tom Gugliotta. Goose got hurt. And then we found ourselves, we had a <laughs> damn oh, Hall of Fame-like talent. You know what I mean? So what I mean by that is we we stumbled into this lineup. You know, if Dario Sarvis doesn't sprain his ankle in that scrimmage that meant nothing, we probably don't have this starting five that's 4-0 that's galvanizing the Phoenix and, and got us feeling like, hey, this is a playoff team right now. Like, don't kick us out the bubble. <laughs> We're ready to stay long-term. Get us in a nice hotel. You know what I'm saying? Let's switch rooms here. So I, I love how it's played out. Um, you know, James Jones's moves are looking much more fluid right now. And and he was on a radio today with uh, Bickley and Murata. And and you can you can hear like, you know, this is why you can't jump the gun on draft night. You know, you I know people want to, you know, want to overanalyze and hyperanalyze. But this is why he's one of 30 in the world that has the job he has. You get what I mean? So oh. um, kudos to him, man. He's, he's, they're doing a great job. The team respects what they're doing. Um, Devin Booker, man, like, let me tell you something, man. That, that kid, that kid, I, I'm, I can't be more happy and proud for that kid, man. But the biggest thing that I'm seeing in Devin Booker, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we start to go on a deeper dive, but it's trust, man. It's trust across the board. You know what I mean? It is absolute, unequivocal trust. Like now Devin Book is saying, you know what, guys, you know, three months for, I'm sorry, more, five, six months ago when we, when we were in the real, real season, if I went to the bench for eight minutes, game might be over. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean, JB? Game yeah. might be over. But now he's saying, man, I can take this 10-minute breather. I trust Cam Johnson. I trust Mikel Bridges. I trust campaign, J.C., <laughs> Dario, like, yo, we're a different team, man. It's the tail of two takes. I'm telling wonder, you, it's the tail of two takes. I wonder who had the over-under at 16 minutes when we'd make a Tom Gugliotta reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Googs. Oh, my goodness. I, I, saw, I still remember it. Talk about a, a panic signing. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, but there were some of us that were hopeful still that maybe oh, it would turn too. into something. Yeah, <laughs> I was too. <laughs> For a while, uh, too. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, yeah. still yeah. Aggravated. To I'm still aggravated that we didn't get somebody in, De- in Denver to go get McDice back, man. Like, come know, on. Didn't, didn't, didn't they try? Didn't they, they tried. Try? They locked him out. <laughs> Listen, like you said, you're talking about him getting rid of his scars. Let's not pick some old scabs. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's, 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 let's stay on Let's enjoy the moment in Devin Booker, what he's given us. I mean, you're right. I'm so happy for this young man. And, uh, you know, I know you've, you've gotten to know him a little bit, Flex. And, and from my standpoint, I've never been uh, more 
more impressed by a human being from uh, the age of 18 as I have of Devin Booker uh, when he first came in the league as the youngest player in the NBA. Uh, and, uh, and now to see, you know, the accolades, but to see how he's handling it. And what's interesting to me, guys, is, you know, from yesterday's game, all right, we're doing this on, on a Friday. Yesterday was the Pacers game in the bubble. And uh, I think the most memorable play from me was not a bucket. It was after D.A. blocked Malcolm Brogdon's shot and saved it in for Booker. He gave him this look. And all it was was this look like, yeah, man, let's go get another one. And then took it down the floor, and he set D.A. for the dunk. Like, all it was was this nonverbal community. That's when you know they're taking the next step, man. That's when you know they know each other now. They've learned each other's games. They understand who needs what at what time. That's Devin Booker first and foremost, but then to get the young big on the page is a whole nother level. And he deserves some credit for DA taking steps along with the coaching staff. Don't get me wrong. I know Mark Bryant's been working a ton with DA. I know Monty, obviously the rest of the coaches, but I think when you have leadership from your star and when your star turns into your leader, then everybody kind of gets up with the whole group. Everybody floats up. It's like the rising tide, right? Lifts all boats. That's the way I feel about Devin Booker, because as he continues to go up, we all know he can. We all know we haven't seen the best Devin Booker yet, which is crazy, but it's true, right? Uh, So as we're going to continue to see that, I think it's just going to elevate his teammates along with him. And that's what we've talked about for the last few years. He's actually been studying this when he goes in the locker room and talks to a Russell Westbrook and here's man, you got to demand more from your team. I think that that's about, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of the message Russ gave him either last year, or the year before he's trying to figure this out. You know, he's trying to understand what it takes to get the rest of his team on his level of competitiveness on his level of desire. And it's going to be hard. It's a process, but I think a lot of the heavy lifting happens when you're still losing, right? A lot of the heavy lifting happened last year and the year before of him trying to figure it out. Now, when he's got professionals around him, he's got a couple grown men in the room and a grown man running the point. Let's not sleep on Ricky Rubio. Uh, when all of that stuff happens, that is why we're seeing what we're seeing right now. I'm pretty, pretty convinced of that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, couldn't agree with you more. And while we're on the subject of yesterday's game, Bloomer, um, we, we, we uh, did our recap yesterday. Uh, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts going through the game? Uh, any takeaways from that? I know one uh, for, for, for me is I loved the – I loved the shot of Monty Williams uh, when Devin Booker – it was after Devin Booker. I, I think he, he thought he got fouled. Travel, travel. Um, travel. I'm sorry, pivot, yeah. yeah. Travel, yeah. the pivot, yeah. And he's over there trying to talk to the officials, and Monty Williams said, don't worry about them. Just go mm-hmm. play. You know, kind of reeling him back in because, you know, he could have been upset and picked up his sixth foul uh, and fouled out. But Monty Williams calming him down. That was my biggest takeaway other than the win, of course, and, you know, DeAndre and campaign. But uh, any thoughts from that game? And and, uh, and what do you think it's uh, – how do you think it's going to help going forward? Well, I'm with you guys in the, in the whole notion that uh... – you know, back in the day, there's no way we, we would have seen the Suns uh, weather a storm like what they've been able to do with Devin Booker getting five fouls, seven minutes plus left in the third quarter, which has now happened twice. And maybe the Suns don't rally the way they did yesterday if that didn't happen against the Mavericks and they already saw that they could do it. So already campaign knows he can make a difference, right, coming off the bench. And Dario is the unsung hero of this whole bubble experience as far as I'm concerned because it's one thing to go down with the ankle injury and lose your starting spot but it's a whole nother thing to embrace the six-man role come off the bench throw your body around like you just don't care put your button to everybody around you open up the space in the paint like he's doing set better screens than anybody else around you what else has he done he's making his free throws he's knocked down some threes he's setting up his his uh teammates with nice passes this is the homie that we're seeing this is the guy that started getting the sixers love that's when he got called the homie from Embiid and company, and they loved him up in Philly, and then they traded him away to Minnesota. He never really felt it there. And I don't know if he ever he ever really felt it here until now, right? I mean, it's so weird because, like, there was never a stretch during the season where I feel like we really pointed out Dario in a positive way as much as we have since the scrimmages started uh, in Orlando. And so I got to give credit to him again yesterday, another solid performance. And Cameron Payne, did we find a backup point guard? And again, sometimes you talk about luck, right? 
I mean, this is a guy who, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been available. Maybe if, if he never kind of uh, lost track, he, he never would have left the league to begin with after being a lottery pick in 2015. And yet he needed to go on that road. He needed to have those experiences to, to level his head. And then he needed to have this one coach that somehow connected with him in a minute in Oklahoma City to call him up and say, how do you, how do you feel about coming back and playing? And, you know, when he described that moment, it was great, too. He talked about being in the pool and how he leapt out the pool without even like <laughs> like a Superman leap out of water. You know, uh, he was all jacked up. And, and so I knew he was on the right page to begin with because you just understood like, OK, he's coming and he knows he's coming to work for a guy that he's going to soak up everything that guy has to say, just like the rest of that room is doing. At least it seems like they are. Everything Monty says, they're sponges, they're soaking it up, and then they're trying to utilize it the way he wants them to do that. And that's just amazing to watch. And Cameron Payne is a great example of it because, you know, I don't know if we get the same kind of output from uh, Cameron Payne if, if Monty Williams isn't the one pulling the strings, right? Absolutely. And he mentioned that. He mentioned, he mentioned in the interview um, that Monty has a different way of talking to him and that when Monty talks to him, it, it feels different than any other coach he's ever played for. So that's, that's big. I mean, again, it, it, it all goes into Monty being a leader of men and it all goes into these players really believe in the person leading them, man. And yeah, this is, this is an entirely different team, man. And I'm, I'm so happy for these guys, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon with what I'm seeing. And uh, the Dario thing, just to piggyback, I'm sorry, Dan, I just want to, you know, JB, JB mentioned Dario and, and I'm, I'm pumped on Dario, man. You know, we talked about it yesterday with Burns and Gamble, man. Listen, I'm pumped on it. And I'm going to tell you what, yeah, in 20 minutes, he was our best, you know, listen, 20 minutes, of Dario off the bench, 16 points, eight rebounds. And it seems like he's doing that every night. But you know you know what I think the turning point is for Dario is that I really feel like Dario being on his last year of his contract when he came here, I think he was, he was more interested in trying to prove that he's a starting power forward in this league and securing the bag. Let's be honest. He's on yeah. a contract year, and he's playing with pressure to, to prove that he deserves that next big contract. And I think that... The, the quality of individual to sit here in a bubble and say, you know, I just sprained my ankle and I'm going to be a pro and I'm going to come off the bench and I'm just going to, whatever you give me, whether it's 10, 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to go all out. I tell you what, this is, this is the beauty of basketball. This is being a basketball purist. This is what I like to see because you want me to tell you something? Dario Sarwich made more money in the bubble than if he didn't come to the bubble. He is now yep. a person that is now being viewed as a guy that we probably need to bring back. And he's doing more with less. And, and that's something that's important with basketball players. When you get guys that can do more with less, that's when you got a winning, a winning team and you got a bunch of winning players. And that's what Dario's starting to figure out. I can be better with less. I can be better with a smaller role and more impactful with a smaller role. And it could be better for the team and for me. Yeah, but let me come off the bench so I'm play, playing the other team's backups. How many of those guys are going to be better than me? Not many. I mean, that's a whole different element of this, right? Uh, because when you do adjust that role, well, in some ways, your role gets a little bit easier. And for Dario, I think that's been illuminated in, in the bubble. And I think you're right, Flex. And to say a guy's maybe making money in the bubble, that's a tricky thing right now because who knows what the cap's going to be, what, what all the contracts are going to be like. So, you know, but, but it's all relative. Making money just might mean he's going to get paid better than he would have uh, even exactly. you know, once they got through quarantine and whatnot. Uh, you know, my hope is, yeah, he, he's going to get, I'm not worried about the paycheck, but, but when you see a team come together like they are, it makes you want to keep it together. It makes you want to bring guys back, especially guys that are having positive impacts like Dario is. So uh, I almost feel like it's, it's going to be a mutual feeling if this keeps up that the Suns will want him back and that he isn't going to want to go anywhere after this experience. At least that's, that's uh, my hope and, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I really hope another teammate takes his uh, his lead um, and embraces coming off the bench. Although I I, I don't think he will. Um, I think we both know who we're talking. We all three that's a tricky one. Yeah, about. that is a tricky um, one. We've we've uh, we've beaten the Kelly Oubre thing like a dead horse, man. And um, <laughs> and trust me, I, I've said it. If everybody wants loves Kelly Oubre because you know he started the Valley Boys and he wanted to be here, he helped change the culture. 
And that's great, man. But for the great, you got to do things for the greater good of the team. And I think Kelly Oubre would be an amazing six man off the bench. I just don't think that's going to be his cup of tea. Well, uh, you know, here's the deal. When I look at this situation, and I've thought a lot about it, too, and I've listened to you guys talk about it, and other people talk about it, too. Uh, I like Kelly Oubre Jr. a lot as a basketball player. I like him as a human being, too. I think his impact on the Valley has already been a fantastic one and will be, will be a long-lasting one. Uh, I would like him to be long-lasting on the Phoenix Suns if I had my druthers because I feel like you can't have too many of those type of athletes with the impact that he can have. But you're right. He's going to have to accept whatever role is waiting for him. And Monty is going to be the man that's going to have to massage whatever that role is for all these guys, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes it's not going to be massaging. Sometimes it's going to be, listen, take it or leave it. This is what we're doing. And uh, if it's going to be a problem, well, then James is going to have to find a way to, to make a move. And, you know, you hope that doesn't happen. And maybe a thing that will keep that from happening is success. The team continues to have success. Everybody's going to want to be a part of it. And that means they might have sacrificed what their part is. We've already seen Dario do it. We've talked about other guys uh, doing it and accepting their roles. That's the, maybe the most important thing about building a team, in my opinion, is having people that are willing to accept the roles that they're given. Because when everybody accepts their roles, they understand what they're expected to do, they have a job that's clearly identified, it makes it so much easier for them to execute. And we're seeing that happen. Guys know what their roles are. Uh, you know, they've changed throughout the season. And I think Monty even gave us that heads up at the beginning of the year because he was going to feel it out. He didn't know yet. It was going to take him time to know his own personnel. He talks about them KYP, right? Know your personnel. Well, it took him a while to know that, too. I remember the evolution of his thought process about Mikel Bridges. Let's start with that one for a second, because I don't think Monty had any idea what he had in Mikel Bridges when he got here. And that's nothing against Monty. That's just it takes time to see kind of the well-roundedness that you have in this young man and also the ability to continue to improve and get better in a lot of different facets, which we've seen happen this year. And it's been so much fun to watch. Uh, and it's crazy that it's sometimes, although I know, <laughs> I know Flex likes to call him young Scotty. Uh, he's got a few different, a few different <laughs> nicknames for him. Because, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, when it, when it comes to him, we don't sleep on him, but I know a lot of people do, and it's crazy to think that they do at this point in time when we've seen kind of already this resume he's put together, this, this portfolio of shutting people down, and now he's adding to a, a hitchless three-point jumper and uh, being able to slash, take it to the rack, and do some things offensively. Why? Because he's now more confident in himself. His body has matured. He put some more muscle on. He's taking it seriously, and he's learning from great pros and great coaches. That's what it's all about. And so I think, you know, I don't know how I diverted over to Mikel Bridges, but it, it's a natural thing when we're talking about Kelly Oubre Jr. Because you have to talk about what his competition is. Why would it be a situation where Kelly Oubre Jr. would come off the bench? Not because he's not good enough to start. It's just because of what we've seen with Mikel and Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton working with the backcourt of Booker and Rubio. It's a very enticing group together to start a game that way. And it's going to be hard to convince Monty otherwise, I think, if they come back all together next season. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough one. Um, but... You know, if anybody uh, if anybody can is up for the challenge, I think it's Monty Williams. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, as far as the Suns in the bubble, four no, um, play tomorrow against the Heat. Looks like things are the things were very much breaking our way at the beginning of the bubble. Uh, currently, we have the Memphis Grizzlies up ten against the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Um, and, and from my knowledge, I don't think Oklahoma, Oklahoma city has rested anyone. My fear is they start pulling people in the fourth quarter. Um, and Memphis wins, If Memphis wins. We probably have to win out. Having said that bloomer, what do you think the, uh, the ch- chances are of making the playoffs now? Um, and do we, at this point, do we even need to make the playoffs? I know we all want them no. to make the playoffs, but yeah, I don't think we do. I, I would love it. And I know we'd all love it. And that's why I've really tried to stay in the moment through this whole thing because this has been so fun and I don't want to let my brain go to the place where a lot of Suns fans brains go, which is to, to just know that you're going to have your hopes dashed. Cause that's the way you felt it's been for the last decade. And I get it. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say the odds are slim. 
and they were super duper slim before they got to the bubble. And even after the four and zero start, they they haven't really you know gone above slim. Uh, and that's because we're looking at a Memphis Grizzlies team that while they are down a couple guys, including Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, they are hungry. They want to make the playoffs. They got things to play for, and they're going to play some teams that probably don't. And so to think about them getting blown out and losing all eight games, man, I just don't see it happening. Uh, and today might be the day. They might catch it right now, and this might be the, the, the thing that kind of levels all of our thoughts on Planet Orange. We might have to all take a step back from thinking this team's in the playoffs and just hope hope and and root for these other teams that are playing against the Blazers, playing against the Grizzlies, that uh, they take care of business. And I am, I'm pretty confident that this group, because of the leadership, all the things we've already discussed here, they're going to go play their butts off for these last four games. Yeah. They're going to go try to run the table. And whatever happens, happens. They might go 8-0 and and be on the outside looking in, and it will be crushing for us. And we will look at it like we did in 2014 when they won 48 games and we're on the outside looking in. That's silliness, right? That is silliness yeah. to go 48-34 yeah. and not make the playoffs. This is going 8-0 uh, when we knew coming in they could even go 8-0 and, and not get it done. Uh, I want to see it. I want to see them continue the, the high level of play against Miami tomorrow. Uh, I want to see him house Joel and company when they play the Sixers. And I want to see him beat up CP3 and the Thunder and then give Luca a good old whooping on the way out. That's what I want to see <laughs> in Orlando. And if we see all that uh, in the next week, man, what an amazing few weeks we would have had as Suns fans, something we never could have anticipated. And, yeah, it would suck to not make the playoffs and have a chance to go toe-to-toe with LeBron and the Lakers in the first round, an experience that I think would be unparalleled for this young group. And, man, would we have energy off the charts for every single one of those jump balls. Man, I would be out of my mind if, if the Suns were in that position. If they, if they got to the play-in, and then advance and got to play in the actual NBA playoffs when the bright lights are, are there and, and everybody's eyes are on it. Uh, that's what we all want. But I'll tell you one thing. If it doesn't happen this season, it's happening next. I mean, it is. I'm, I'm absolutely – I mean, look, I picked 41 wins before this season. What am I going to pick? 44. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is people say – sorry, Flex, just real no, quick. People always say, you know, ah, you know what, they'll consent to consent for the eighth seed next season. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go bold. I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. I think they're not, I don't think they're contending for an eighth seed next season. No. I think they might be contending for a, a six or seven seed. Um, and if things break the right way, if they make the right additions and, and a couple teams fall back, uh, uh, you know, back to normal or, you know, fall back to the pack, they might even be contending for home court. I know it's crazy to say. I know it's insane. People are going to call me a homer. I don't care. I picked the team to win 44 games this year. And you know what? Had DeAndre and I gotten suspended and rookie gotten hurt, Ricky gotten hurt, they probably get there. So um, I don't think it's that yeah. crazy. Here's my thing, guys. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this because I agree with you guys wholeheartedly on every point. Here's, here's the thing. First and foremost, let's, let's kind of lay out the land here because I, I've been going nuts with this, man. I can't sleep. <laughs> I mean, I, I really can't. I can't sleep. So right now, here's what needs to happen. Phoenix has to go 4-0, okay? Let's just put that out there. They have to run the table. There's no scenario I can come up with where we go 3-1 over the next four and get in. Um, and it's really simple. The, 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 the scenarios I broke out are pretty damn simple. Portland can't win two games, and Memphis can't win two games. Portland wins two more, and, and Memphis wins two more. The Phoenix Suns are out. And, and it's that simple. Now... Here's the thing. Do I think that matters? No. Here's what I think happens. I think the Phoenix Suns approach every game one at a time. I think they've already, in their own mind, in their own little, you know, universe, this is the playoffs. This is what Planet Orange has wanted. This is eight straight elimination games. Okay? This is is what I'm talking about. I'm saying if we go 8-0, okay, um, there's two sides to look at it. Yeah, we would like to make the playoffs and, and give, give a crack at L.A., but the chances are, the odds are, we'll go into that series and, and L.A. will knock us out, and it'll be what it is. Um, but what about, the, what about the scenario where you go 8-0 and and you don't make it, but you leave the bubble as the hottest team in basketball, and, and you leave the bubble as a team that's won 
11 out of 12 to end the year, and you leave the bubble as a team that is now the talk of the NBA, and everyone can go into the summer and say, we didn't lose for like five months. <laughs> because <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so, so we're going into the offseason doing something that only champions pretty much do. You know, the, 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 the champion is the only one that can say we're the last team that won before the season. Well, guess what? We can go into this offseason and say, hey, everybody knew we should have been a playoff team. We know we should have been a playoff team. If DeAndre doesn't get suspended, we would have been a playoff team. Um, it was an unbalanced schedule. Win percentage is probably going to win out here. There's some unfair things about this bubble, like Portland having one extra game and San Antonio playing three less games and stuff like that. So, you know, it'll drive you crazy. You have to take a calculus class to figure it out, and I don't want to go back there. Um, nope. but, but, but at the end of the day, I, I'm starting to feel like um, this team is looking at the bigger picture. I think they're going to run a table. I really do. I think they're going to run into a Miami team tomorrow that's going to be without – Jimmy Butler, that's confirmed. And Goran Dragic may not play either. And I think we're going to run into an OKC team that right now, if they don't win tonight, is probably going to pack it in. And the same thing, no Ben Simmons with Philadelphia. And then Dallas is probably going to sit Porzingis and Luka in that last game because, you know, a guy like Luka sprained his ankle three times this year. You really want to sprain the ankle right before the playoffs? So the chances are I think the Suns are going to go 8-0. Whether we make it or not, it doesn't matter. I think this was Planet Orange's playoffs. And I think we need to enjoy it. We need to ride the wave. We need to appreciate what this team has given us. And we need to understand that this is this is going to lead to bigger and better things, regardless of the outcome as far as as far as playoffs. So I'm happy either way, man. I'm I'm not uh I'm not tripping on whether we make it or not. Yeah, if that all goes down that way and they do win all eight and not make it, they'll be the darlings. They'll be the team that everybody's looking at the play. Wait, wait a second, why aren't the Sun when are the Suns playing? And then they'll realize, wait. No, they're not in, and they didn't lose the game? How did that happen? <laughs> Everybody will talk about it, and it'll be something we'll remember forever for sure. But I think the bigger thing is what about the confidence that gives them uh, moving forward? Uh, and nobody will take that away. But we'll be kind of like the Central Florida, you know, the national champions <laughs> that weren't the national champions. That's what we'll be, right? We'll be the Golden Knights. Jamie, that is a great – yo, you know what, hey, Hey, we should have a party. They, 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 <laughs> hey, they made parade a, time. They made a parade <laughs> and they made championship rings. Yeah, so, hey, oh, how good would that be? Giving them a bubble parade when they get them back from that should happen. We just created that right here. There I should, it should happen even if they go four and four on the Coast to Coast podcast. You heard it, Phoenix. If you're listening, when this team comes back from the bubble, whenever that is. We can line the streets with cars. We don't have to be out of the cars. It'd be cold or hot. We want to be in our air conditioning. But do something. we gotta, we got to set it up because that's one of the, my favorite stories about Phoenix is in 93, the amount of people that showed them love when they lost the finals, right, uh, when they came back in the parade that ended up happening uh, after that. Uh, and, and, Daniel, I know you're too young. You probably weren't out on the streets for that one, right? I was but, four years old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I felt that way. Uh, but at the same time, you know the story. Yeah. So I, th- I think the same type of thing could happen for this team, and they'll deserve it. If they go 8-0 and and they do what we're talking about, uh, you know, they'll be the bubble boys forever. They'll be the bubble champs, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I don't think Toronto's going to run the deck. I think, uh, you know, they just don't have as much to play for at, at some point, so they'll probably rest and take an L. Uh, and we know nobody else is going to do it because the Suns are the only one left other than the defending champs. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough one to see the Grizzlies having some success because that was really our best hope was watching them just completely tank it. But also, you know, I'll I'll be honest, I felt kind of rotten rooting for a team that's on hard luck like the Grizzlies are right now, losing one of their top players, and and rooting for a tank like that in a situation where you've got a young team led by a coach I have a lot of respect for. Taylor Jenkins has done a great job with that group. John Moran is so fun to watch. Uh, and they earned their spot through the season to be in that eighth position and come into this. Uh, it's not to say I wouldn't take it for uh, you know, anything in the world like we talked about. What a dream that would be to see the Suns in the playoffs this year. But I think we all came in with the right mindset, and certainly the team came in with the right mindset. That, that's been proven so far. And you know what? If it doesn't happen, which, I mean, Grizzlies are up 15 now, uh, winding down the third quarter. So um, yeah. it's – going to be tough right i mean it's it's you're gonna need a lot a lot of help but anyway uh even if it doesn't happen guess what we have devin booker uh we have deandre ayton we have mikhail bridges and we have cam johnson as a core four going forward 
Uh, what are your thoughts on those four, and and how do you think uh, how do you think the Suns can build around them? Like, what do you think they need to uh, enhance their particular skill set and, and and take that take them to the next level where they're competing for a six or seven seed next season? Well, I mean, I'm I'm so excited about the the you know possibilities here because you, you just see uh, those guys and and how far they've come so far, but you also know that there's still room for each one of those guys to grow. And, uh, and when, when there's that room, then the thing that you need in order to maximize that room is the right tutelage, the right expertise, uh, and the right group around you. And, and so I also have a confidence level that we found that now with Monty Williams and the staff he assembled, uh, and the other element that the guy that you didn't put into that foursome is, is Ricky Rubio. And, and I, I know he's not here for 10 years, right? I know we're not expecting him to be the, the floor general, uh, even maybe when this team competes for a title. But in the next couple of years, to me, he's still vital. There's a little uh, little rhyme for you. Uh, I, I think he, I think he absolutely is, you know. And and look, I, Flex Flex knows this. I think you know this too, Daniel. About me, I just have such a uh, affinity for the point guard spot and respect for that spot and understanding for how much that spot means to a successful basketball team. And uh, and so we, we've we've seen when the cupboards bare. We've seen what happens uh, when when you don't have that guy. And so yeah, my, my hope is that we. Um, uh, that maybe the light uh, shines on on who the the person that will eventually take over for Ricky is in the next couple years. But in my opinion, that doesn't need to be right now. The more important thing was to have a guy who would understand his role as the understudy and the backup for Ricky Rubio and what that takes to keep the level of play uh, where it is when, when that maestro takes a seat. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, look, if Cameron Payne could be that guy, there's another huge bonus of this whole bubble experience. Talk about eight, no, whatever the record ends up being. I think maybe the bigger experience is figuring out what the pathway for this team is next season. Uh, and so the core that we talk about, might be expanding right before our eyes right now. Maybe we're going to understand that, it, you know, because, yeah, you need the stars, but you need the role players. And, uh, and so uh, it, maybe, maybe there's more of them on the, the roster currently than we ever imagined before this whole thing started uh, in the restart and the seeding games. And so I look at that as a positive, uh, you know, for sure, and maybe a bigger positive than making the playoffs uh, this year, talking about you know, the bubble playoffs. Um, so, I, I'm, I mean, I'm fascinated. What is the league going to do next season? What's your gut say, guys, about what happens next season with the NBA? Because I know there's been a lot of talk that maybe they wouldn't start till Christmas. Maybe they'd start in December. Then we heard Michelle Roberts from the Players Association talking about maybe having to bubble up again. That, I couldn't imagine trying to do a whole season in a bubble. I don't think that's feasible. So, uh, you guys have any vibe on this? Flex, you got your inside sources, man. Hey, hey, you, you know what, JB? It's funny. I was... About two days ago, I was having a talk with one of my sources, and you, you nailed it. Um, the the consensus, I think, that is starting to build momentum is that there may be a temporary bubble, that we may actually start in a bubble and then graduate towards after the All-Star break, going back to normality and, and bringing in some type of fans. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm hearing is being discussed. Um, I'm, I'm hearing that that could be the, the reality is that they're going to start in a bubble again. They're just going to add the extra eight teams and, uh, and, and try to stick to, you know, the, the, the status quo. Cause it's working. Let me just give the NBA some credit, man. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a resounding date. I mean, this was fantastic. They nailed everything. There's no positive tests. The broadcast is going incredible. If you didn't know, if you were casual, NBA basketball fan and you're watching a game, you wouldn't even know that there aren't fans at the game. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing yeah. an incredible job. So I, I think that there's a there's a world where it could be a little bit of both. But um, at the end of the day, I, I just want to see basketball. You know, I just, I, I don't care how they do it. They can do it in a bunker, you know, way under. I don't care where, man. Just as long as we can see basketball and, and everyone is healthy, I'm cool with that. I'm more worried about the ramifications of what it's gonna what it's gonna do to ownership, what it's gonna do to some of these franchises that can't afford to lose five million dollars per game. You know, anywhere between one and five million dollars per game, up to fifty million dollars a year. Some of these small market teams, and I wonder, you know, 
I gotta say it, man. You know, we've 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 had the jokes and we've had people hit us over the head with the Robert Sarver penny pinching thing. And I don't want to beat up or even go there, but I will say we are building a new arena. We are building a new practice facility. And I know when those things came into play, they had no idea about this pandemic. So there's a right. lot of money being pumped into that stuff. And to not be able to pump that new arena and, pre you know, that, that beautiful new reno renovated arena without fans is going to definitely take an L. So I worry about stuff like that. But um, ultimately, I think the NBA is smart enough to get out their own way and, and continue to do what they're doing. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think they're going to be all right as well. Um, just a quick footnote. You guys know uh, at Flex, you know, this uh, a bloomer. Do you know what campaign's uh, option is for next season? I know it's just a partial guarantee, right? I mean, it's not even a full guarantee, but twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, it's enough to, to you know the fans could have covered that one in a GoFundMe. I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, we we probably match it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Just um, another another nice move by James Jones. Yeah, another check mark um, for Mister Jones. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, it's next season. Oh man. Um, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, I, mean, I go to every game minus maybe a handful. And I I don't know what, what's going to happen next year. I'm, I'm worried um, as well. Um, I'm worried because, as you said, uh, Flex, you know, the, 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 the jokes about Robert Sarver. I mean, the Suns are his main source of income, right? He's not a – he doesn't have, you know, casinos and hotels like Tillman for Tito or, you know, anything like that. Um. So I really don't know how this is going to play out. My only hope, my my only hope is that it works in the Suns' favor, right? Um, because it certainly can. It certainly can. Hey, uh, you know, if it, in a normal year, Dario might be planning himself into a, a multi-year contract. He yeah. might, you might get him on a bargain deal. Uh, you might be able to uh, assign a, a one-year stopgap, you know power forward or backup power forward or whatever the case may be, you you might be the team that gets lucky uh, because if the salary cap is going to decline slowly, like they're saying it's going to be, uh, instead of just one big hit, that might help you out because you're still going to be one of few teams with, with, with cap space, um, and you can use that to your advantage. Um, the bubble situation, I, I man, I, I can't see that happening for an extended amount of time unless they do it regionally. Um, now, can they do that? I think it's a little bit harder. Can they do two bubbles, one in Vegas and one in uh, Orlando, uh, maybe somewhere in the Midwest as well? Um, possibly. But I think that's going to be difficult for the players. And, and I mean, the players seem to be all right now. I mean, there's a lot of griping, unfortunately, those first couple of days in the bubble. But uh, but by from what I see, most of the players are very comfortable. Even Devin Booker has said, you know, uh, he was on a Twitch stream and he said, yeah, you know, the 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 food was bad the first couple of days, whatever, but it's fine now. You know, it, it's good. It's just those first couple of days we just had book, to get book, through it. Book is a dog, man. Book, book is a ball player, bro. You can put <laughs> Book on Mars with no water and, and the kid's going to ball, man. Yeah. He doesn't care. So, <laughs> just so have some wine now, though, right? right. You yeah. have water, but you got to have the wine. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off, dude, but, you know, that's the benefit of our team, man, is that – a lot of these guys were just removed from playing in empty AAU gyms, man. It's they don't so know hard. better. You know what I mean? So they, they don't know any better, man. And and to your point, Dan, you know, there may be a player that's a free agent this year that is looking at the times and looking at economically how things are going. And, and he may be willing to say, hey, I'm going to secure what I can now. I'm going to take a deal. You know, I'm not going to be so greedy. I, you know, if, you, if I want 90 and you want to give me 80, I might take 80 now because, you know, I'm just not promised that we're going to be able to continue to get the, this money in the, in the way things are going. So, again, it could work out in many different ways for the Suns to, to our advantage. But ultimately, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where um, – we're not pro you know, this pandemic has showed us we're not promised anything, man. So I'm more the I'm more on the point. Let's 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 beat up Miami tomorrow and let's get on, you know, let's talk. You know what I'm saying, JB? Let's, oh, let's I do live in the moment. Live in the it. now. 
Yeah, you know, that. here's the thing, I'm really quick on the finances of the whole thing and all that element. We, we you, As fans, we have no control over No that. control. And to be honest with you, is even though I worked for the team for 13 years, I don't have any idea what the finance situation is from the ownership group. But what I can tell you is the value of this team continues to improve. And uh, if you want to take a look at just like your basic, I don't know, venture capitalist type of people, angel funds, whatever, what are they looking for? They're looking at that hockey stick curve, right? They, they want to see that curve on the chart with, with it starting to go upwards in movement. And how many franchises around the NBA, if things continue as they are right now in the bubble and they close this deal like we think they're going going to make us all proud how many franchises around the league are going to have that hockey stick shaped the way the suns are heading in that direction even through this whole pandemic with a young core with a group of players that guys want to play with with a brand new practice facility that is gorgeous by the way daniel you've probably driven by it i've been by it a couple times I want to live there. Uh, and <laughs> all these other things that they've got going for them right now. Also, the arena. Now, it sucks. The fans might not get to enjoy the new arena, but the players will. Uh, and the guys coming in from out of town looking at, but do I want to play? Yes, I want to play for Monty Williams. Check, check that box. Do I want to play for a GM like James Jones who understands players in the league like very few guys around? Yes, we'll check that box too. Do I like Phoenix? As a, oh, yeah, yeah, I do like being in this climate in this lovely area and how about the players on this team do i want to play with these guys and that's the biggest thing that maybe this bubble is doing is checking that last box because now this is becoming a very enticing group for ballers to want to ball with yeah definitely hey that practice facility is uh close to my favorite uh, cigar shop so um, there we go yeah <laughs> I've, I've seen it uh i've seen it i've seen the, the progression pretty uh uh, you know, at a nice pace. And and last time I, I saw that couple, saw it a couple weeks ago, I mean, it looks damn near done. So um, very exciting, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think we all want what's best for the team. Right. And like you said, we're headed in the right direction. I have no doubt about that. Um, what we can't control, that'll all work itself out, uh, hopefully for the better. But we can't like 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 uh, you guys have said, like JB, like you said, like Flex, like you said, live in the moment. Enjoy this. Um don't look too far ahead, man, because we haven't had moments like uh, moments like this in ten years. Right. Uh, so, so enjoy it, uh, real quick. Don't be afraid we... to be proud of it too. Yes, you know, absolutely. don't be afraid to use your voice, whatever that means right now. I know everybody's using their voice for great causes, and I'm not trying to take away from that at all. But when it comes to being a fan, we all know there's times to keep your mouth shut around <laughs> other teams. And it's time to start running it around other people. This is the time to run it because we're not, we might not have much more. We might only have like a week left of this. So if you've got friends that are Lakers fans, you've got friends that are Warriors fans, you've got friends that they're Spurs. No, nobody's Spurs fans. You've got friends that are like uh, uh, Knicks fans that they're Knicks still hanging fans. out. I got, yeah. I got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Let them know. Let them know because we're the talk of the league right now. It might not last that long, but right now they're the talk of the league and it's awesome, man. It's, it's so cool that that's that's the case real quick uh before we let you go bloomer uh predictions on uh, on tomorrow's game Ooh, the miami heat without jimmy buckets and without uh my guy the dragon we got to take care of business and i think it's going to be a lot like what yesterday against the pacers was send a message early with da show them you're on uh, uh the same page between book and da and ricky and da uh, and then, uh, and then just kind of get the contributions across the board. Like we've seen, I think Mikel, I think I'm going to see a little bit of a bump from Mikel Bridges offensively. I'd like to see him get back to doing a little bit of what he was doing, uh, against the, um, the teams in the scrimmages. And the reason I feel he might is because there's no Jimmy Butler that he needs to lock down. If he had to lock down Jimmy Butler, that's going to be number one on his list of priorities. And there isn't even a number two. It's just kind of that. And then the page is blank. So now he's going to look at this and say, okay, all right, this might be an up. And I, I bet they go to him early. I bet he gets an early look, maybe even the first possession, they get Mikel a look from deep. Okay. So, so you, you, you count, you, that's a dub, dub. You got a final score for us. We, we act, we did this the other day with Espo and, and it worked. So we kind of want, I'm a very superstitious person, JB. So, <laughs> so, so give me, give me a score, brother, just off the top. A final, know. final score. Okay, give me a final, final score. score. I'm going to go 116, 104. We beat him by 14. 
Or 12. We'd be not do math. No, math. Jay, Jay, <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you why I love you for that. That's exactly what I was going to say, brother. No, that's, that's, I swear. No. I, I got it written down. I got it written down. It. What, I said, I said 116, 104. That's what you Stop said? It. Yeah. 116, 104, bro. Then I said it was that's, a 14 point spread because it's been a while since I've done math. But uh, yeah, 12. All right. 116, but, but, 104 is what I got. I said 114 to 108 the other night. I'm going one. I'm not I'm going with you. One sixteen, one oh four. I love uh, it. What's uh, what's the line? Do we know what the line is? Is Vegas still going with Miami? I know they did early, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I can, curious. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now. I'm curious uh, if because you know when we looked at all these games, we said the only game the Suns will be favored in is that first one against Washington, right? Out of eight games, that's the only one. But I wonder if, how much things will change based on what the way they played so far. Yeah. Yeah, and with people, I mean, with the teams resting guys and Jimmy Butler being out, that line had to have flipped. Uh, for some reason, it, they're not sure. I think they, they, took, it yeah, the board. they took it off the board. They took it off they the board. I think, they, I think they're waiting on Goron. Yeah, I think they're waiting on Goron yeah. and stuff. So we'll probably wow. know a little bit later. But, um, I mean, listen, we definitely, I, we're probably going to be favored in that, in that basketball game. And uh, I, I feel like this game is a lot like the Indiana game. I really do. I just don't think Miami without Jimmy and Goron could live over 100. And that's that's basically what I'm looking at. The Suns right now are are you know they're they're clicking on all cylinders. I feel like we're a team that's that's with, with the pace we're playing and the way we're playing, uh, we're living in that one you know 110 115 range uh, on a bad night. It feels like so. I just don't think Miami's gonna have the firepower to play in the hundreds, and and I think they'll they'll squeak at the end a couple points to get them there. But yeah, 114 106 is what I'm feeling. How, what what you thinking, Dan? Uh, I'm gonna say 107.99. Um, okay. I think uh, I think their main. I mean, Bam Adebayo's gotten a lot of love this year, man, uh, and rightfully so. He's had a great year, but people seem to forget about DeAndre Ayton. Um, he had a great game against the Pacers, but I think this is his coming out party. Um, this is his chance to to show who the who really is the best young big man in the league. Um, so I hope he takes he really takes that. Uh, uh, you know, in stride and, and, and has a great game uh, again. Maybe even knock down a couple threes. And I don't so, think y'all can. I don't think y'all can. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm trying uh, to show Bloom. I don't think y'all can see this. <laughs> it's a bunch of scribble scrabble. Can y'all can y'all see the? Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Oh, one fourteen. You see it? You see it? I got. We were, I got like we were just all barely off. You just flipped the the last number and he oh, scored. Okay. I, I was one sixteen one oh four. Uh, yeah, that's it. it. Was super close though, man. Oh, we all, yeah, we're all on the sorry. same page. I'm talking. I'm talking. Are you <laughs> yeah, man. I picked a twelve oh, point I'm win. Sorry. I'm, that's my dyslexia. I, I had one fourteen one. The ultimate option just over here, you know. <laughs> uh, right, right. Mikel, Mikel going for twenty four. I'm gonna go tw- two dozen for Mikel. Uh, I want to see more from Frank. I, I, he's he's been given the minutes. I want to see him cash in. I want to see him he's knock been, down some shots. Yeah, but, he's been a little uh, rough. He's been struggling, uh, so let's just continue to get the impact we've seen from Dario and Cameron Payne off the bench, uh, and then if you get that bump from Mikel, maybe that takes a little bit off of the other guys in the starting lineup. You don't need a 20.9 from Ricky. Uh, you know, get him to distribute. Book's going to give you Book, man. He's going to be right around 30 again. That's just what he does. Uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't do it against the Heat and the rest of the way. It was funny. We were talking about this when he when he passed Amari, right, Flex? And we were saying, hey, he might just step past Sweet D while they're in the bubble. And uh, he might. You know, he's got four more games, and he only needs to have two more to tie, three more to, to be the all-time leader in that category, most 30-point games ever as a Phoenix Sun. Could you imagine a dude doing that in five years? Five years. years. Career. Wow. Yeah, uh, so that's what we're watching. That's what we're watching. Yeah. Now I don't want to put the, I don't want to put the you know the expectations too high, but I honestly don't feel like I am saying that because thirty for a guy who's averaging twenty eight isn't that much. Nope, that's not high expectations <laughs> at all. I mean, I think uh, we, we've been spoiled with with Book, right? And uh, I mean, that's I just think that's who he is now. He's that player that can get thirty on a nightly basis. And if he gets 26, uh, you know, and, and seven to eight assists, that great. I'm all right with that too. You know, um, it's just it's it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so let, before we wrap up, Bloomer, I know we're, we've gone a little bit longer than norm than than. Sorry than about that, said. Sorry about that. Uh, but you just have to apologize to my daughter. I got to take her uh, take her shopping for her friend's birthday gift. But oh, you know what? Man. She she knows that sometimes the sacrifice pays off in the end. So we, <laughs> yeah, we'll make it work. Definitely, definitely. All right. So real quick, one question for you. 
uh, from the Coast to Coast podcast. You're our second guest on here. We had Espo here uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, who, who do you think our next guest should be? Ooh, who do I think your next guest should be on the Coast to Coast podcast? Um, well, if you had me and Espo, we're kind of like, you know, similar uh, post-game show guys that don't ball. I think you got to get a baller, man. You got to get a guy to play for the Suns. Who can we get? Let's line up TC, okay. Tom Chambers, man. Okay, okay. Tim Captain, okay. Tim Captain, Tim Tim bang! <laughs> Flex is tight with TK. That's that's a layup. That's that's you keep that in your back pocket when you when you when you're in a jam. You pull that out and there's TK, the big redhead. You come because you, know, you know if Flex asks Tim Kempton to do something, TK is running to do it. He loves Flex. Hey, TK's we're, already agreed to it. He's already agreed. We're to it. we're yes. gonna have to if we get TC, we're gonna have to drop uh drop drop names and say hey, Bloomer said you'd do it. So yeah. Yeah, you gotta it's, do it now. It's because I now have a mullet just like him, so we're in the same <laughs> mullet gang. Uh, and uh, he's got luxurious hair, and that's only you know something I never aspired to have. But thanks to the pandemic and my wife not trusting my barber, it happened. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. All right, well, Bloomer, once again, man, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this was great. Uh, we were really looking forward to it. I'm glad we had you on. Uh, both big fans. I love what you're doing. And again, you're you're. You're going to be the next radio voice of the Suns when the time comes, man. Uh, have no doubt about it. Yes, Thanks, sir. Dan. Thanks, Flex. Appreciate hey. you guys having me. Let's do it again sometime. Uh, and you can consider me uh, the first guy, like Flex is lined up to call in after games. I'm the first guy lined up to listen to the next episode. <laughs> hey, perfect, real quick, perfect. man. Let me, let me show you. Like, JB, I love you to death, man. You're my guy. You're, 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 you're a big part of this whole thing. There wouldn't be any Flex movement without you, man. Um, there wouldn't, probably wouldn't be a coast-to-coast without you and and i think dan agrees right we talked about this before so um yeah man listen i i i love you to death man you're, you're a dear friend of mine i love talking to you every night and uh i'm gonna leave this like we wrap up our call i will talk to you tomorrow after the win my brother yes sir <laughs> i love it i love it all right so you can catch john blue on the post game show uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at coast to coast pod one uh and subscribe rate and review on all uh, platforms. Uh, until then, for myself, for Flex, for John Bloom, this is the Coast Coast Podcast. We're out. Peace Go out, Plant Orange. <laughs> <laughs>